Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 417, how should your financial strategy change when your income increases dramatically? We're talking like 450K one year to a million and a quarter the next. If you guessed Roth conversions might be in the answer, you'd be correct. Joan Big Al also spitball strategies for when your income is too high to make Roth contributions. And can you use capital gains to make Roth contributions? Can Alligator Joe afford to retire early or does he need to keep gutting it out at his current job rest? alligators. Should Catherine contribute to her 401k or buy company stock before she quits her day job and starts her own business? The fellas also spitball a retirement plan involving structured settlements, inherited assets, and ACA credits, and they discuss transferring annuities to a CD versus deferring the interest into another annuity. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Uh, we got Cookie Baron from Cookie Baron, Texas. Cookie Baron. Okay, cool. You ever been to Cookie Baron? Uh, no. Have you ever I think this of- is their name. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> there's, no, there's no city. Well, if you would think if there was a city named Cookie Baron, it would be in Texas. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, let's go with this uh, question here. I could use your spitball. I'm 44. My wife is 46. I drive a Ram 1500. Have Two-year-old Italian water dog in my drink of choice is any in all varieties of beer. Right. Our financial situation has changed dramatically in the last year. I'm trying to figure out whether and how our retirement savings strategy needs to evolve. Facts. I work for a state institution and make approximately $250,000 a year. That's pretty good for a state institution. You now I w- I'm thinking, I wonder, what, is that like a professor maybe? That's high or end. administrator, high end administrator. Governor. Yes. <laughs> I have a 401A, 403B, 457 plan, which I've always maxed out tax deferred. Wife is an attorney. She took a decade long hiatus, spent some time with her young kids. Then a few years ago, went back to work earning about 150 to 200,000. At the end of 2021, she was made equity partner and changed everything. She earned a million dollars last year. Wow. Jeez. I'm not seeing a problem so far. Oh, my God. <laughs> this dramatically increase was a complete shock to us. Okay. We'll continue on. In addition to her surprise income, we also invested in a small business a few years ago that is now generating three hundred to $500,000 in profits. To be the cookie baron. Keeps getting better. Oh, my God. (laughs) And a genie came down. (laughs) And said, you will live forever. (laughs) Uh, And I dramatically lost 25 pounds of fat and gained 15 pounds of pure muscle. (laughs) GQ magazine calls me weekly. All right. In addition to her surprise income. Okay, we also invested in the business. Now, three hundred dollars to $500,000 in profits. Accelerated depreciation through reinvesting and expansion means there has not been much taxable income from it. But that will change next year. Last year, between my wife and I, I maxed out our tax-deferred retirement accounts with approximately $150,000, including employer contributions. It put $200,000 in a taxable brokerage account. We also invested another $350,000 into our small business and her law firm. I'm not sure when we'll retire, but it won't be for at least nine years when our boys are hopefully through college. 
right? Okay. Currently, we have $1.3 million in tax-deferred retirement accounts, $350,000 in a taxable brokerage account, $100,000 in old Roth accounts. The business will probably sell for a couple mil. Wow. Okay, good. We will probably continue saving and investing at $600,000 to $700,000 a year while we work. We feel very fortunate. Well, you should. <laughs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> And the skyrocketing income has come quickly and unexpected. Here is what I'm trying to figure out. If you were in our shoes, oh, now I'm just now we're dreaming. I'm Here, just let's, gonna, let's pause for a minute. Just, let's, just, let's think about this. Give me a 30 second. <laughs> just let me just what, dream. What, what kind of car would you <laughs> buy? What kind of house would you live in? I'm just trying to figure out what shoes that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Oh, you took it literally. Got it. <laughs> what I mean, shoes they, would you pick? I don't know. Are they Prada? <laughs> would you continue to shovel the $150,000 into tax-deferred retirement accounts to shield it from the highest tax bracket? Or would you start doing some tax diversification and put as much possible or some percentage into Roth options in our 457, 403B, and 401k plans? I've been doing our annual backdoor Roth IRA contributions, but my wife has an old traditional IRA with about $150,000 in it. So we can't do backdoor Roth contributions for her unless we convert it. Should we consider converting this to Roth and paying the taxes on it now? We pay so much in tax. I hate to increase it, but I don't want to be short-sighted. I imagine at our current tax-deferred savings rate, we'll be staring down the barrel of a significant, uncontrollable, ordinary income in 20 to 30 years. It may leave a tax headache to our children. On the other hand, if we retire early, we may have plenty of time to potentially convert them to Roths in lower tax rates. Okay. Well, all right. So you're in his shoes. Hookie Baron's shoes. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are you thinking? Well, I know what I would do. <laughs> I know what you would do. Too. I know. And I would do something different. Yeah. Well, see, they're making a ton of income. Yeah, they're they saving are. a ton of income. Yeah, they are. Right? I would go Roth, me personally. On everything. Everything that you can. Everything that I can. Yeah. Because it comes right out of the paycheck. Right? He's making, Cookie Baron's making peanuts compared to his wife. His wife making millions. That's right. He was, feel, he was feeling good. I'm working for the state, making 250 He's the governor. <laughs> he's, the go <laughs> he's the lieutenant governor of... <laughs> The state right. of Texas, right? And his wife is absolutely killing the game. And then they say, "Oh, well, we put a couple of bucks in this business, and boom, it's going to be worth millions." <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a lot of, you know, different things, right? So yeah, if if I'm looking at a tax diversified strategy, it's sure. going to be difficult to get money into Roths. He could do after tax. I know he's in a large tax rate. Tax rates are going up. He's going to pay thirty-seven percent. If he continues to pay a hundred, or they put a hundred fifty thousand dollars into tax deferred accounts over the next ten years, yeah, at just a simple growth rate, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be giant. It's going yeah. to be way too much money. And he's right. There's going to be an uncontrollable ordinary income tax burden. If God forbid, if one of them passes away early, sure. right? Yeah, the, the other one's going to get killed. The kids will get smoked in taxes. Tax rates are only going to go up. I would say thirty seven's cheap, and he's not going to miss the tax break. And there's no taxes in Texas. State tax. Okay, so there you have it. Okay, so can I have his shoes now? Sure, you can have his <laughs> shoes. They're very nice. Put them on. I don't want to give them away. So, yeah, what I would do, I would go 100% deferred. You're in the worst tax bracket right now. You know, uncontrollable taxes, you're already there. So what's the difference? I, I 
if you're thinking you might retire, you say you're going to work at least nine years. You're in your 40s. Let's say you work 15 years. So you're 60 when you retire. You'll have probably 15 years to do Roth conversions, probably in lower tax brackets. I'm taking the uncertainty of taxes off the table. I understand. Yeah. Roth now, conversions might be off the table too. Yeah. Now what could change? Right. That's true. And what, what could change that for me personally is if if the cookie baron with all this newfound wealth said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm moving to California. And now I think I would go 100% Roth because right now you have no state taxes. Right. So the deduction isn't as important. If you move to California, yeah, that's another 13%. If you're in the worst brackets, it's 13.3% is right. So if that's a possibility, I would probably go Roth now. If I was going to stay in Texas long-term, then I would probably go deferred, just like I said. Very fortunate couple there. Yep. Uh, very cool. Congratulations on your um, found success and fortune. And yeah, keep us posted. Aaron writes in. I don't know where Aaron's from. He goes, hi, I have a mutual fund that was grown well over 20 years that I've been investing. Although I have not contributed to it in over 10 years. I'm considering using the capital gains. Was this just like into our website or something? Yeah, they sent it to info at Pure. So we should, like, which is the email address that we give on the YouTube channel and all of that. This guy's not following protocol. So I don't know if we answer people that don't follow protocol. <laughs> you mean in terms of we don't know where they live or we what don't they know what they're driving? Yeah. It's just like, hi, I have mutual fund. <laughs> uh, I have a mutual fund that has grown over 20 years. I've been invested. Okay. Although I've not contributed to it over 10 years, I'm considering using the capital gains from the fund to make contributions to a Roth IRA in the amount of $6,000 per year. The tax rate on capital gains is 0% from my taxable income for the year is less than 41000 So let's say my taxable income is 34000 and I sold $6,000 worth of the mutual fund. So my total income would be under 41000 and therefore I would incur no taxes on the 6000 Can I contribute the 6000 to my Roth without penalty? Is this considered taxed at 0% or this still consider untaxed money by the IRS? Is there any reason not to do this? Thanks for your help. Uh, no, all the way. You have earned income of $31,000. doesn't matter if it's taxed or not. You have earned income. That's all the IRS. You pay payroll tax on it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> capital gains tax. There is no capital gains tax rate if you're in the 10 or 12% tax rate. And Aaron is in that tax rate. So yeah, you could sell capital gains to free up some cash and deposit that into a Roth. Yeah, absolutely right. So first of all, the money that you have in the capital gain account, the non-retirement account, that's already after-tax money. And to the extent it grows, you put it on your tax return, you pay tax on gains. If your tax rate's zero, so be it. That, that's after-tax money. So you're totally fine there. The key here is you have to have earned income, which it sounds like you probably do, but you have to have earned income of $6,000 to be able to do a Roth contribution. But that's a great strategy. Go for it. Remember, to give you a good retirement spitball analysis, Joe and Big Al need to know the relevant details. Your name, ages, and location. The name can be whatever you like. The ages and location should be real, especially in case state taxes play a role in your spitball. We also need to know when you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire, how much you think you'll need to spend annually in retirement, how much you make and save now, what you have saved and in what types of accounts, whether it's 401k, Roth, brokerage account, etc., and also all the other relevant financial details. 
Plus, help Joe better visualize your situation with the irrelevant details. He wants to know where or how you listen to YMYW, your drink of choice, your pets, and what you drive. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes, then click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to get your retirement spitball analysis. Uh, goes, hey, YMYW team, I'm, insert cool alias here. <laughs> so I think Andy helped him out. So yeah, Andy, can you tell the story? Yeah, so so this emailer is in Florida, and in their email they say that they travel a lot. So I came up with Alligator Joe Frazier, who was one of Florida's earliest showmen and entertainers. He put on alligator and crocodile wrestling shows in the early days of Palm Beach in Miami. He weighed 300 pounds, he was very strong, and he had traveling road shows across the USA with alligators and other Florida wildlife. So there you go. Alligator Joe Frazier, here's your question. <laughs> wow. He didn't live that long. Alligator got him, maybe. Apparently. At least 300 pounds. <laughs> well, that too. All right. I enjoy old fashions. An occasional wheat beer. My wife and I have a ferocious 20-pound miniature schnauzer and a cat that I believe is plotting my death. <laughs> All right. I'm 37 and my beautiful wife is 39. I make $150,000 a year and she is self-employed and making around 60. We file separately and have about 300K in a brokerage account, 150,000 in a Roth IRA, 550 in a 401K and about a million dollars total. I'd like to retire as early as possible. My current job requires a lot of traveling, which is getting old and I'd likely to move on soon. I'm expecting my next job to be a significant pay cut to about $90,000 a year. Our current lifestyle is about $100,000 a year with extra going towards investing in savings. I like to keep the same $100,000 lifestyle in retirement. Ideally, I like to have my retirement plan set before I change jobs as I won't be able to contribute to my 401k like I do now. My current 401k allows after-tax rollovers to a Roth IRA, which I've been taking advantage of. I also have four rental properties. The rents don't cash flow, but there is about a million dollars in equity between them. For Social Security, my full retirement age is 67. An estimate income will be $40,000 a year. This guy's only 37. I know. He's done a great job. Alligator Joe. Alligator Joe. <laughs> Can you spell ball or situation? And what do you think is the best way to set ourselves up for a prosperous and potentially early retirement? Should I gut it out in my current job for as long as possible, maximize my contributions? Do you think I should do some Roth conversions? If so, how should I go about them? When I change jobs, what should I do with my former employer's 401k? Any tips? Greatly appreciate it. Okay. Let's, he wants to retire as early as possible. He's got a million dollars equity in real estate. He's got a million dollars liquid. Sure. A couple, couple million. Couple million. Yep. He wants to spend $100,000 a year. Sure. Well, let's say... At 37, maybe if he retires at 40, you want to pay what, 2% out? Yeah, we'll do 3%. Be generous, right? 3%, that's uh, what, 3.3? 3.3 million? Yeah. So you need 3.3 million. You got two if you sold your rentals, which it caused taxation. So that doesn't quite count. Or if you could turn your rentals into cash flow over the next few years, you know, we don't really know what as soon as possible. Does that mean a couple of years? Does that mean 10 years, 15 years? Right. So it would sort of help to know that, but we'll take you at your word as soon as possible. We'll go with yours, Joe. Want to retire in three years. Okay? Right. If you want, or, or, but it, let's say his wife wants to continue to work. Then yeah. these numbers drastically change. Totally change. Right. right. He wants to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So let's say at 4% distribution rate. Okay. Well, you need 
Two and a half million. Two and a half million. The three percent, you need three point three million. So right. you're really, really close, right? You know, so if your wife is going to make sixty grand in her business, you want to spend a hundred. So you got to come up with forty somewhere. So you're going to work part time. You're not going to travel. You come up with forty thousand dollars, and then you let your properties ride. You pay down some of the debt with the rents. Yeah. You're going to increase those cash flows there, and then you're, of course, your portfolio is going to continue to grow. You're thirty seven years old. And you got a million dollars. That thing is going to double every ten years. Right at forty. It's going to be two and 57, it's going to be four. And that's without adding without to it. adding a dime to it. Right. And you only really want to spend a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, I think you're in really good shape. I would knowing those facts, I think the grind might be easier. It's just like, you know what? I hate this, but I'm going to grind a little bit more just to give me a little bit more cushion. And if anyone pisses me off, or if I have a bad day, I'm going to go tell him one to pound sand and I'm out of here. Got it. Yeah, w- Feed him to the alligators. Wait, wait till that day. So that's, that's interesting. So I would, I would actually quit and get the new job because life's too short to work in a job you don't want to work in. You know, why are you still here? It was a good question. That's <laughs> <laughs> a negative question. See, got, got I think we're on the same page, Al. We no. just got to keep grinding until that one day. But I'm like, you know what? Okay. I've grinded enough. <laughs> but that's, but you know what? That's what I, because the thing is that, I mean, so let's just say you you take the lesser job. Let's say you save a little bit less. Let's say you you could work six years instead of three, or ten years instead of two or five or sure. whatever. I think life's a journey. You want to be happier during the journey. I think if you retire at age forty or forty-five or fifty, you'll be a little surprised how bored he's going to be. If you've been a grinder, to all of a sudden not be grinding, it it may not be quite what you think it will be. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. And then he's going to get bored and then he's, he might be even more unhappy. Right. Not grinding. And it's like, Oh, should have been, could have been, Oh, I should have just busted it out. So, I mean, I think he's got some time to kind of run the numbers. I think financially he's doing really well because he's saved a ton. He's in the top, like, I mean, quarter percent save, save a couple million dollars at age 37, 37 or 39. That's amazing. Awesome job. So, so there's a lot of choices here, I guess. All right. Great question. Good alias, Andy. Got Catherine from Texas writes in. She goes, hi, Joe and Big Al. I'm, I'll be quitting my W-2 job in a few months to start my own business. All right. Congratulations. I will not be provided a 401k until next year in my business. She's kind of pretty strict on herself yeah you're, you're not allowed to have one <laughs> you, i put in some eligibility requirements on myself <laughs> gotta wait a year I got qualify. so so first of all you don't have to wait a year if it's your own business you can set up a solo 401k as long as you don't have an employees and you can you can waive the employment r- restriction and and start it right away if you want to. i'm gonna cut myself off from all types of benefits because i don't qualify just to prove that, that i'm gonna be a loyal employee to myself <laughs> Uh, currently on my W-2 job, I contribute to a 401k and also buy company stock at a 15% discount. Should I continue to do this or should I stop the stock purchase, increase the 401k contributions to try to get close to the maximum annual contribution limits before I quit? I have a year salary along with startup cost to cover over the first year of starting my business. I DCA into IRA. Appreciate the spitball and drive a Toyota Tundra, enjoy a nice tequila. Yeah, Catherine from Texas likes that tequila. <laughs> Let's see. She's got a year's worth of liquid cash to cover her needs. Yeah, which I like. Yep. Starting a new business. Yep. Um, so should she stop the non-qualified stock purchase plan at 15% discount and fully fund the 401k? 
or keep doing what she's doing? I would, well, I don't know the company. So assuming the company is solvent and you feel good about the company, I personally would do the employee stock purchase plan at 15% discount. And here's the reason I'm getting stock at a discount. I'm allowed to keep it after I quit. And if I need to sell it because I need, needs. I need liquidity because that first year wasn't as good as I thought I'm not making a profit by year two, I would like to have a little bit more cushion. So that's what I would do. I would keep buying that. Uh, my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. I would put it into the stock, keep it liquid. And if you have to like sell it, you have access to it versus the retirement account. Right. So, all right. Congratulations, Catherine. Keep us posted on your business. Kelly from Owensboro, Owensboro, Kentucky. Joe L. Andy, first time, long time. Love the pod. Listen every day while I exercise. Every day. Every day. We got how many podcasts do we have, Andy? Uh, 417. 417. So you've got a year and a few months. All right. To help Joe with reading, I'll try to keep this short and use small words. How, Kelly? <laughs> right off the bat. Just right little, off the bat. I'm just bit. looking at this thing, and I'm like, this thing is giant. <laughs> well, it is on one page. We have had worse. My wife and I are both 41, and we have four kids. Due to a recent promotion in the increase in pay, 2023 will be the last year we can contribute directly to our Roth IRAs. My income is about 265 and. Extra $46,000 in RSUs. I now max out my HSA and my 401k and get a small match from my employer. My wife works for the state. We use her entire income for pre-tax deductions. HSA, FSA, max out 403B in the balance to her 401k. In about four years, the wife will use her 457 and 401k balances to purchase service credits to retire early from the state and will receive a pension of about $3,000 a month. She says... She will begin a second career, but we'll see. We have no debt, having paid off our home just recently. We live about $7,000 a month. We don't have expensive tastes, assets. Home is 500. Rollerbar IRAs, 175. Roth IRAs, 75. Her Roth, 27. My 401k, 57. HSA, 10. Her HSA, 3. Plan to work about 15 more years. Before heading to the golf course, plan about 15 more minutes. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> Question What is the best approach for somewhat young investors once income makes Roth contributions impossible? Is it better to focus on converting my rollover IRA to Roth by making annual contributions as cash flow allows? Conversions. Or, uh, should we contribute annually to non deductible IRA and use the back door to convert to Roth? Should I move my rollover IRA to my 401k? It is a great account and good investment options at very low fees so that the pro rata rule doesn't come into play. Or should we just focus on making regular contributions to the brokerage account? By the way, I drive a 2016 Ford 150, Ford F-150. And being in Kentucky, I drink bourbon. When I'm not drinking bourbon, <laughs> I prefer an Osco Bush Latte. One dog, and he's a brat. Thanks. Keep it going. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Kelly. Good questions. All right. So Kelly's making a lot of money. Doesn't qualify for Roth IRAs. Here's what I would do. I'd roll my IRA into the 401k. I would do backdoor Roth IRA. I would slowly convert my wife's. She's got 27. Uh, my rollover, 175. She doesn't have one. So you could do two backdoor Roth IRAs, right? And then do brokerage accounts. Yeah. Keep funding your, your 401ks. But if you have extra dollars that you were putting in, 
just through the back door. I mean, if you pay a couple of bucks extra in fees and you're not in the Vanguard total U.S. stock market fund versus, you know, a large cap growth fund in your 401k, it's not going to it's not going to kill you. Yeah. And you get that tax free growth in the Roth. So that, yeah, that all sounds good to me. I think you want to keep contributing to the 401k. I think Kelly, you've done a great job with assets, but you want to keep that going, you know, for another 15 years with compound interest and growth. I think that it's going to work nicely for you. You know, Kiplinger calls investing in a Roth account one of the smartest money moves a young person can make for that sweet lifetime tax-free growth on your investments. But you want to make sure you understand Roth accounts thoroughly. Visit the podcast show notes to download the complete Roth Papers package. You'll receive the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals, the Roth Basics Guide, and the Ultimate Guide to Roth IRAs. Now, with the new Secure Act 2.0, there are even more Roth options available. So watch our brand new webinar also in the podcast show notes and find out how this new law will impact your tax strategies and your retirement planning. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, download that complete Roth Papers package, watch the Secure Act 2.0 webinar and share the show and all these free financial resources, all yours, all from your money, your wealth. We got, hi, my name is Kara from PA. I drive a 2018 Jeep and have two dogs, a German Shepherd and a mini Poodle Mix. My drink of choice, a little vodka crayon. Ah, okay. All right. I'm 53 and work part-time with full-time benefits. My husband's 57, disabled, collecting Social Security disability, $25,000. He currently gets a tax-free annuity of $50,000 a year, which is good until the end of his life. But should he become deceased, it will run out the year I turn 70. I'd like to quit my job soon and use ACA credits for insurance. I'm pretty sure that we can live within this budget. Just mailed last child that lives at home, last tuition payment. Yeah, that's a good Four point. exclamation points. Congrats. <laughs> pretty excited. Am I correct in thinking his annuity payments, which was a structured settlement from an accident, will now count as income for the ACA credit? Um, for those of you keeping score, that is the Affordable Care Act. My plan is to pause his Social Security when he reaches full retirement age till he turns 70, so his payment will increase, and I may start taking mine when he turns his off, so this way his benefit will be higher for me in the case he dies first. Okay, a little strategy there. Yep. I have $250,000 in 403Bs. He has $160,000 in an IRA. We own our home valued at four hundred fifty thousand, and we have a vacation home in Florida worth three hundred fifty grand, hundred grand in savings and emergency fund. Receive two thousand dollars a month from the sale of a property that we hold the mortgage. Moving forward, we plan on just saving this. There's twenty four years left on the mortgage, and there will be a balloon payment at the end for hundred thousand dollars. My mother just passed away. And my portion from the sale of her home would be about 225000 I should also receive stock, current valued at about 240000 Should I leave this in stock or should I cash it out and do something else with the cash? Roth conversions? Love the show. Looking forward to the spitball. Plus, both houses are paid for. Hey, Did you get a question? I got one question. Well, there's there was one in the middle. The ACA credits. Yeah. Why don't we start there? Okay. So he's got an annuity, structured settlement, tax-free. So she's looking to retire soon. And 
does that count as income in regards to the credits? So what you have to look at is your modified adjusted gross income to see if you qualify for the ACA subsidy, which by the way, for 2023, for a family of two, I'll just go with two because one kid is about to leave maybe, the poverty rate is $18,000, but 400% times the poverty rate is about 70,000. So if you're under 70,000 family of two, you could get subsidies for health insurance. So that's what Kara's talking about. So modified adjusted gross income is how you figure out, are you below the 18,000 or below the 70,000, whatever it may be. You start with your adjusted gross income, which is all of your income sources, your taxable income sources on your tax return. Then you add back non-taxable social security, you add back tax exempt interest, and you add back foreign earned income and housing expenses if you live abroad. So I'm guessing maybe they don't have any of those three things. So it's just the adjusted gross income. This structured settlement payment, which was the question, is if it's not taxable, and I'm assuming it's not, right? If it's not taxable, then no, you don't add it back in. It's not an add back. But structured settlements on lawsuits can be taxable, may not. So I don't know enough about this particular lawsuit. Because your husband's on disability already, I'm assuming this happened maybe a while ago, and so it's non-taxable. Well, he's on uh, Social Security DI, so the accident might have put him on SSI. No, I understand, but, oh, I but, but it takes a while to get that. To get there, got and it. And so I'm thinking they're already getting the structured payment, so it's probably non-taxable. But Correct. That, but I don't know that. As long as the structured payment is non-taxable, it does not count for your ACA credit subsidy. All right. Thanks for the question. All right, we got Norma from Chula Vista. I'm 54 years old, husband 59, self-employed, and he's not planning to retire for at least 67. Uh, me 10. We have two small IRA annuities, $86,000 and $15,000, and one non-qualified annuity of about $15,000. There are no surrender charges in these any longer. However, it's either 1.5% fixed or S&P performance caps at 3%. So I want to move it somewhere else. Is it wise to put them in another annuity? Seven-year term guaranteed, 1% up to 7% based on performance. I was going to transfer them to 11-month CD earning 4.5, but I think it's best to defer the interest. Please advise. We don't advise, Norma. Don't advise. We spitball. We spitball. We kind of think about, yeah, what would I do? Or what do I think? So Norma's conservative. She's got yeah, yeah. some product. And she wants to get out of them. Right. Because they haven't paid that much. Yeah. I mean, you have $15,000 in a non-qualified annuity. You got to figure out what the basis is on that annuity. Because if you get out of the annuity, you're going to pay ordinary income tax on whatever the gain is. But it's she says it's an IRA annuity. No, there's two. I got two small IRA annuities, 86 and 15, and one non-qualified annuity got at it. 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the 86 and 15, yeah, go ahead and put those in CDs. I like the 4.5% rate. 11, yeah, do that. And, that, and it's tax deferred because it's in an IRA. Right. But with the $15,000 non-qualified, then it's like you gotta, you're got to you going to pay tax on that regardless. So Right, plus, he, plus penalty. None. Um, 54 years old? He's 54. I thought she, I said 50. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to move it into another annuity. Unless it's your husband's. Then he'd have to be 59 and a half. Correct. So we need more information. Right. So what's the basis, first off? Who owns it? Because you put it into a non-qualified annuity, it's going to grow tax deferred. But when the income is received, that's taxed at ordinary income rates. The basis comes out tax-free. But you do have to be 59 and a half or older 
to have that triggering event. So I don't know. I think with the IRAs, I like the I like the four and a half percent CD. I do too. That, I I do that all day. <laughs> or or if you want to take a little bit more risk, the market is lower than it was a year ago. So maybe stocks are on sale. Maybe not. We won't know. And <laughs> but I would enormously out of these products that people are selling you. You know, one percent floor, three percent cap. She's buying indexed annuities. Yep. She's buying all sorts of things that maybe sound good on the surface because she's searching for yield, but she has no risk tolerance. She wants to defer the tax. She doesn't want to take on any risk, but she wants a greater rate of return. So people are going to prey on Norma to say, "Hey, you can get stock market-like returns with no risk." Why don't you go into this particular product? And I think Norma went into those products and now she realizes after they're on a surrender, they're like, hey, they haven't performed. Right. So be careful to not fall prey to that trap again. I like the CD. You can get out in 11 months and get your 4.5%. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Just cut your money well. We got Aaron, Vodka Cranberry, and the offer in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW. Tell your friends to follow the podcast for all the knowledge and the funny, and leave your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in any podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advice. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies that will help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. You think this is our TV producer? It could be, Aaron. <laughs> wow, Christ be crazy. <laughs> oh, Is that your kind of thing, Jeff? Uh, vodka cranberry? No. <laughs> I would shy away with it. You know, someone was. Yeah, I was going to say, if somebody gave yeah. it to you for free, you'd drink it, right? Yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to the liquor store buying cranberry and vodka. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Maybe you could go to one store and get the vodka. Then you look cool. Another store. You just get yeah. cranberry. That's yeah. That's, that's for the wife. Got it. Um, no, I dated a girl that drank vodka cranberries, but it's it's been a while since I've I've seen that. So, yeah. Okay. You know, I watched. I'm watching this new show. All right. Which one? It's called The Offer. The Offer. Okay. Tell me about it. Have you seen it? No. Nope. Heard of it? No. Have you ever seen the, the Godfather? I've seen it. Yep. Did you enjoy it? No. What? I don't like this kind of movies. Oh my! You're, you're he doesn't good. want the horse head in the bed, Joe. Oh my god! It's like one of the best movies of all time. No, you don't care for it. All right, well then you won't like it. You just asked me. I know. No, I, I, I changed your honesty. I said no. <laughs> Andy, The Godfather? No, good. I've, yes. I've I've seen it a couple of times, but I've actually have forgotten. I it just it didn't make enough of an impression. I've got the the, the memes. I've got like the you know the horse head in the bed. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, I do. Was, I do know it's a classic. It was. It was a challenge to get made. Mm-hmm. Um, the offer was. I take it to make it a movie. It was a book. So they, okay. So we're now we're talking about the Godfather, not the offer. 
The Godfather is about the television the, the television show The Offer. Ah, is okay. about them trying to get The Godfather in a movie made. Because it came out as a book. Okay. And then it was like a number one selling book. Everyone loved it, but then the Italian Americans hated it because it was talking about the makes mob. everybody think they're mafia. Yeah, correct, right? And then, and then Frank Sinatra, like, was like, "You got to be kidding me!" He wanted to, like, no way this movie's going to be made because um, I forget Fontaine was in it. It was a fictional character that was that he thought was making fun of Frank Sinatra. Got it. Okay, so it's quite interesting. Okay, okay. So, but, so, so is there any blood and guts in the offer? No, no, no. Okay, it's so about, Al, you can watch that. It's about, you know, the TV producers are working, you know, trying to figure out how to get this thing done. You know, there's a little bit of mob in it, you know, because yeah. they're trying to shake down the movie to producers and the directors and, and Paramount Pictures to, okay. to not make it. All right. Um, I, I might be able to do that. You know, so if you, it's kind of, it's fun. Is that uh, HBO? It's on Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. And that was not a commercial for Panama. No, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, I watched an episode last night. I was like, I oh, liked this, it. This is pretty okay. good. Because okay. I finished The Vikings. I'm sure you would really love that show. <laughs> More blood and gore. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. Axe. Pilfering. It's just, yes, it's so bad. It's just <laughs> raiding, pillaging, and uh, killings. Yes. Yeah, that's not my kind of show. Yes. I enjoy it. The Vikings. Yeah. Mm-hmm.